We come to a passage of Scripture in John chapter 19 where Christ is there upon the cross. Uh, A picture that comes into our minds as we think of Christ upon the cross may seem at, at first to be very vivid, to be very clear, because we've studied it, we've searched God's Word, we have heard sermons on the cross and what took place on the cross. And yet I'm, I'm confident that as we study all of these things, we, 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 we just scratch the surface of the weight of Almighty God becoming man and perfect righteousness taking our sin upon himself. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you've thought that you might die. Um, for, for me, there's, if you ask me, the, immediately I, I go to a, a, a plane ride coming out of South Sudan into Kenya in which we were going through this storm and the plane kept dropping hundreds of feet at a time and I thought, I am, this is where I am going to die. Like I was, if you had asked me, what are the chances of getting through this? It, it would have been like way less than 10%. It, it, in my mind, we're going down. And, and I remember my thoughts. I remember looking out the window. There's lightning all over and, you know, we're looking at where we're going to crash. We heard the plane that was behind us went down. And I thought, this is it. And I remember looking out the window just thinking, like, this is where I'm going to die. And, and, and then just thinking about heaven. My thoughts just went to, what is it going to be like? Going through scripture and just thinking of all the things that I know about heaven. And then I remembered, without a doubt, that my thoughts shifted to, Lord, could you make it so it doesn't hurt I just, like, make it really fast. I just, I started freaking myself out because I'm like, okay, I'm with, like, three doctors. There's a couple other people with me, and we're probably going to crash, and they're all going to die, and I'm just going to be maimed. And I'm going to be stuck someplace trying to figure out how to get out of this place, and I'll die along the way by hyenas or something. I, in my mind, I, I just was going to a place of, I don't, can you make it not hurt? I don't want it to hurt. And... Yet we come to the cross and there's, to the perfect revelation of God, things that he tells us as far as some of his thoughts from the cross. Not all of them, but some of his thoughts from the cross. Now picture the scene of of what's taking place. He has been abandoned by all in his arrest. Treated brutally, whipped to a place of, of near death, um, mocked and beaten and bruised. Stakes have been driven through his hands and a stake has been driven through his feet. He's hanging there upon the cross and, and, and the only way to be able to say anything is to push up on that stake feel his lungs up enough to say something and then to collapse back down. 
in incredible pain. And so we don't find like huge conversations taking place from the cross. We have seven sets of words that are given from the cross of what it was that Jesus said from the cross. And we've studied them over the course of the history of this church, and I'm sure in other churches as well, you've looked at what Jesus said from the cross. And so we get a glimpse of his thoughts from the cross when he says things like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. We, we hear the heart of, of Christ coming forth from the cross as, the, as, as there's these that are ridiculing him and saying all kinds of things against him. And his mind goes to a place of, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Forgive them. Love that is pouring out from him even as he's staked to the cross, nailed to the cross. He says to the, one of the thieves that's next to him, as we looked at just recently, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. You will be with me in paradise today. There had to be this incredible joy that came upon the thief as he heard these words, but as well as incredible joy in Christ to be able to deliver those words to that man. Because of the cross. Because of salvation. Because of your faith in me. Today, you will be with me in paradise. We know that he says to, to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he says to John, Behold your mother. We know that he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He says, I am thirsty. He says, It is finished. And he says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. We know of these sayings, these seven sayings of, of, of Christ from the cross. Now we picture the scene of what's taking place. He's there. He's hanging from the cross. In verse 23, it says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they took his garments, verse 23, and made four parts to each soldier a part was given, and also the tunic. So they take four parts of his clothing, whether it be his sandals or his belt or his outer garment, whatever it was that he was wearing, there's four things that get divided amongst these four soldiers that are there before him. But then they, they tear from him his tunic. And they're there before the cross, and there's people walking by and saying terrible things towards him, mocking him, making fun of him, ridiculing him. But there's this tunic that's without seam, woven from the top in one piece, and they're not going to divide that. They're not going to rip that apart. Rather, they say among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. And then it says, whose it shall be that the scripture, and then John says, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. And so you can picture it in your mind of what's taking place. He's there and, and he's hanging from the cross. He's been ridiculed by all. But what, what, what occurs is these soldiers have, have stripped him of his clothing. 
They're dividing it amongst themselves there before the cross. Uh, I, I want the belt. I want his shoes. And they're dividing these things before him. And then they say, what are we going to do with this tunic? Let's, let's cast lots for it. Let's make a game out of this. Whoever wins in this throwing of dice or whatever there it is that they're doing, let's, let's make a game of this to see who it is that can get the tunic. And so you, you, you can picture him upon the cross and he's just said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And now there are these soldiers playing a game for his clothing as if he's not there. As if he's not even hanging from the cross. As, as if he's not just feet from him. Just total disregard for the fact that there's someone who is bleeding. Someone who is just trying to, to, to breathe. And they're there playing games for his clothing. When you think of what's occurring here, we're able to get more detail as far as what's occurring when we go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is a psalm that was, was written here from David. But a psalm that is a prophecy that is looking ahead to the cross that is to come. If you, if you go down to verse 6 with me, turn there for a moment to, to Psalm 22, verse 6. You get more detail as far as what's going on in, in Christ as he's there upon the cross. What he's thinking as he's there upon the cross. So they're dividing his garments and they're doing these things. But prior to this, we see that he says in verse 6, but I am a worm and no man. I am a worm and no man. He's hanging upon the cross and it's thought that that particular word is used for this, this little worm that was crushed and you, you would crush it and that's where they got the word crimson from because they would use the blood of that, those particular worms to, to make it so that a robe could be made red. And he, he's referring to himself as this worm. You, if, if you ever go fishing, you, which I don't do, but my son really wants me to start doing with him. Um, I'm like the only Japanese guy that doesn't fish besides my, besides my dad. Um, but he wants to, he, he's so bad he wants to go fishing and I, I'm going to work on that. Um, but I don't, I don't ever feel all that bad about putting a worm on the hook. It's just a worm. It, it, it doesn't have much value to me. I don't, I'm not there weeping for it. It's just, it's just a worm. Sorry, PETA. <laughs> Sorry, whoever it is that really has passion for worms. I don't. And, and I, I just, it's just, it's bait. You know, like, hopefully it stays alive enough long enough to capture a fish's attention to be able to catch it. But Jesus is there upon the cross and just looking and saying, I, I'm a worm. I mean, the, the way that they view me, the way that they think of me, I, I'm not a man. I mean, I am just simply a worm to them. I am being crushed before them. A reproach of men and despised by the people. 
they, they hate me. They despise me. They're there casting lots for my clothing. That they're mocking me as they go by. He says, all those who see me ridicule me. As he's there upon the cross, as this is written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the cross, as this is written before any form of this kind of of execution ever took place. Remember, this is a Roman form of execution, not Jewish. It's not from Israel. He's writing this as far as the details of the cross, saying, they see me, And they just ridicule me. They shoot out the lip and they shake the head saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. They're taking the relationship of God the Son with God the Father and they're just making fun of him over and over again. And the way that God inspired David to write this as, as, as Jesus is there and he's saying this is what is taking place. It's they shoot out the lip. They show contempt with the way in which they say this. They shake their head. He trusted in the Lord. He, he trusted in God. Let God rescue him. Where's God? I mean, he proclaimed the Father, and the relationship that he had with the Father. He's made himself to be God. Where is the Father? Where is God to rescue him? Let him deliver him since he delights in him. They knew that. They knew that about Christ. Christ delights in the Father. This man, Jesus, he delights in the Father. Where is the Father? He's hanging there upon the cross. They're passing by. They're ridiculing him. And Jesus is saying here, hundreds and hundreds of years before, this is what is occurring. Jesus goes on and he says here from the cross, but you, as he's thinking, but you are he who took me out of the womb, Father. You made me trust like my mother, you made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. We're able to get into the mind of our Lord as he's there upon the cross, and he's just talking about the faithfulness of his Father. You have always been there. I was cast upon you from the birth, from the very beginning when I was laid in that manger. You've been my God. Be not far from me. For trouble is near and there's none to help. Just, Father, can you be close to me? Many bulls Many bulls have surrounded me. The strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring 
lion. These people who are around me, the way in which they respond, this mob that's there before me. It's like they're like the strongest bulls of, of, of Bashan. You, they're around me. They gape at me with their mouths. Their, their mouths are open at me. It, it's like a raging and roaring lion before me. This is what he is seeing. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are, are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My bones, my shoulders, my hips, my legs, they're, it's, they're, they're, they're out of joint. The, 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 the pain in which he would be suffering would be so intense. I'm, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. Now, let's just stop for a second. How, how could this be written hundreds of years before crucifixion was ever invented? How could this be talking about anything other than someone who's being put to death on a cross? In, in, in what form of execution do they stare at him? Do they look at him like that? In what form of execution is he pierced? In what form of execution is it where your joints are, are, are coming undone? It's the cross. My heart is like wax. It's melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. My mouth is dried up as much as it could be. We, we know a little bit about thirst, don't we? But nothing like this. I, I know what it is to get that cotton mouth, you know, where you're playing a sport and you just, you, you just you want water so badly. I, I can think of one of the times I wanted water the most was when I was doing my sister Melissa's wedding to Brian. Doing her wedding outside, and I know, I, I know my sister, I know Brian, but when I said their names, I said, you know, on behalf of Melissa and Ryan, instead of Brian. And I heard myself say it, but I thought, moving on. <laughs> you, can't, you can't mess up your future brother-in-law's name, you know? And so I just moving on, and I'm going to make sure I get it Brian every time. I know his name. I don't know why it came out Ryan. It just did. And... Now I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. I don't know what to do. I, I'm like, all I'm thinking, and, and I can see people in the congregation like, <laughs> you can, you're not looking at them, but you just see their heads like, this is the funniest thing ever. He just said, Ryan. You, you see him looking at each other. He said, Ryan. You know, and so I'm going to let this go. But then I knew I couldn't, and, and so I had to address it. Like, I know his name's Brian. And then everybody laughs. And then all I think is I'm going to mess up again. And so my mouth just dried up like crazy. And then I have my little sister in front of me. If you know her, she, she's there, and you can picture this. You can picture her there, and my mouth is dry, like as dry as it could be. And, and she's there in front of me during her vows, there next to her husband, saying, water. 
what would you do for water? You know, and I'm just, oh, I just want water so bad. And I can't, and she's just messing me up even more. But you know, you know what it's like to want water, like badly. This is at a whole different level. My strength is dried up like a, a, a piece of broken pottery. It's just dried up like that. And my tongue clings to my jaws. My tongue clings to my jaws. My mouth is as dry as, as it can be. You've brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. And then it says, they divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years beforehand. They divide my, car- my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. These soldiers, these four soldiers, had no idea what they were doing as far as the fulfillment of prophecy. They're just before him, and they're, they're, they're I want this, I want that. How are we going to handle the tunic? Let's, let's cast lots for it. And they're before him, and, and, and we're, we were able in those previous verses to be able to get a look of what is taking place there in the heart of our Savior as he's there before the cross. We'll come back to that in, in a moment. But look with me at, at verse 25 of chapter 19. There, now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, wife Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said, to his mother, woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. I'll stop in there for a moment. His thoughts as he's there on the cross and his thoughts as he's going through all that he is going through is, mom, I want you taken care of. I want to make sure that that you're honored. John, the one that I'm so close to, the one that I love so much, this, this is your son now. John, my friend, my beloved, this is... Now your mother, take care of her, minister to her. From that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. She is with me from now on. Total obedience, but you see the the honoring of his mother at that particular time. I want you taken care of. You, parents, anybody that's not a parent, 
You, you can imagine the heartache of a mother watching her son upon the cross. And he's there saying, okay, this is now your son. This, this is now your mom. Like, take care of her. He's constantly thinking of, of others. Constantly ministering, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Mom, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He is there hanging upon the cross, pouring himself still into loving the one that is against him and loving those that had departed from him and loving his mother to the very end. In verse 28, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. A number of different things that are important for us as far as looking at that particular section of verses. The words that come forth from the Lord, it's the first time that he says, I thirst. It's important for us to look at this and notice one is the humanity of Christ. He's not a phantom. He is God that is also fully man, fully God, fully man. And he is there upon the cross. His mouth is dried up. His tongue is clinging to his jaws. Psalm 22 And he says, I thirst. I thirst. If there's ever the thought that comes into your mind in the midst of going through suffering, like, should I not ever complain? Should I not ever say anything as far as what it is that I'm going through? And we look at the example of Christ, and he's there upon the cross, and he says, I thirst. He mustered the energy, pushed up on the stake to be able to say, I thirst. The anguish in which he's going through upon the cross as far as being whipped and being beaten. And when was the last time that he had anything to drink? Now he's there and hours and hours and hours have gone by. And he's hanging upon the cross and his mouth is as dry as it can be. And his words are, I thirst. I thirst. So a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there. And they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on his hip and put it to his mouth. Psalm 69, verse 21. They also gave me gall for my food and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink or sour wine, the same thing. Prophesied, Psalm 69, verse 21. Fulfilled in John chapter 19. They put this on my mouth. And so they divided his garments They'd give him sour wine to drink. Fulfillment of these particular prophecies. Two amongst hundreds. 
Going back to Psalm 22, verse 19. We see further thoughts from our Lord there from the cross. Psalm 22, verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horn's of the wild oxen. And then it just says, you have answered me. You've answered me. All of my prayers that has gone forth, all that I have called to you as far as your faithfulness, you have answered me. The relationship between the Father and the Son, Jesus there upon the cross, all that he's experiencing, all that he's thinking, he takes time to say, God, you've answered me of all of it. You've delivered me in such a way as he's conquering sin and death, and he will rise again from the dead, and he will ascend into heaven, and he will spend all eternity at the right hand of the Father as our Lord and our God. He has answered it. And we go from there to hear more of the heart of our God. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. I will do this. I will proclaim the gospel to my brethren. I will do this. My mouth is dried up. They're dividing my, my, my clothes before them. But I am going to declare your name to the brethren. I'm going to tell them I have risen. I'm going to tell them how it is that they can be saved. I am going to minister to them. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he is going to minister to them. And this is what is going to take place. And in the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. I'm there upon the cross. I had previously said, my God, my God, how, why has thou forsaken me? And yet you have answered all of these prayers. All of the sin was placed upon me and I've paid the price. And now I will praise you, Father. Before the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, Glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel, all you who are Jews. I mean, this is what it is that is going through the mind of our Lord as he's thinking there upon the cross. Just praise him. He is faithful. You who fear the Lord, praise him. He's there upon the cross and, and the response is, A commissioning to us, his people, praise him. If you fear him, if you have reverence and awe for him, if you have gigantic thoughts of who God is and you know the power of our God, praise him. Sing praises to him. Have praises come forth from your heart to him. And fear him. Have reverence for him. That's why we, part of why we named this church Reverence Bible Church. 
just the, the heart of it is, God, help us to read passages like this and not respond with some small view of who God is. As if he's just small and pathetic and our puppet and we do whatever we want to do. Let's revere him. Let's fear him. Let's be in awe of him. Let's glorify him. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, what happened? He heard. When, when the son cried to the father, what happened? He heard. So what does he say? My, my praise shall be of you in the great assembly. Now this shifts from descendants of Jacob, the Jews. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. And I'll pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. And those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. He's thinking of just eternity and them praising him and them knowing them and them being saved by him and those being able to spend eternity with him for all eternity being with him. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before you. What is he thinking towards? He's thinking towards the Gentiles. He's thinking towards us. He's thinking towards Mission Viejo, South County. He's thinking towards Pakistan and China and Venezuela and Brazil. He's thinking towards England and he's thinking towards Russia and he's thinking towards saints that are to the ends of the earth. He's thinking of the Dinka people there in South Sudan or he's thinking of those who are in Uganda. He's thinking of people from all over the world in which he praised the Father in the great assembly and he tells us those who seek him will praise the Lord all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord all the families of the nation shall worship before you the gospel is going to go forward to the uttermost parts of the world here is Jesus there his disciples have left him there's a few women that are there and John is there Everybody's making fun of him. They don't even care that he is dying. They're casting lots for his clothing. And he's saying, the entire world will know of our God. The entire world will hear the gospel. And 2,000 years later, what's happened? I'll tell you the sweetest praises of saints in Pakistan. I can can picture them. Guys on this side, girls on that side, singing with all of their heart. picture the girls singing as loud as they can we girls are going to heaven won't you boys come too <laughs> amazing their little accent singing with all of their heart to the lord i could picture the karen people there in in burma there in a little refugee camp there as they've been forced out of burma actually in thailand and they've been forced into this area and listening to their praise is just some of the sweetest praises you've heard i, I picture people in africa sitting under a tree and just praising him with all that is within them you could go anywhere christians in vietnam they're singing with all that is within them praising him with all that is within them willing to go to prison for the sake of the gospel proclaiming the gospel wherever it is i, I 
China, people doing anything for the sake of the gospel, willing to be arrested so that they may continue to proclaim the gospel. You could go any place in this world, and I know there's still unreached people groups, and those will also hear. May we go forth and bring it to them. But you, you can't find a continent in which the gospel has not been proclaimed. People say, is there Christians in North Korea? Oh, certainly there are. Certainly there are. And so there from the cross, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom of the Lord, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. He is sovereign. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born. Who's that? Us. Us. Those that aren't born yet to the next generation. They'll hear. They will know. They'll hear of the righteousness of God. They will hear of him taking our sins upon himself. They will hear of this. They will declare his righteousness. And they'll continue to do it to a people who will be born. That he has done this. Or that it is finished. He did it. He finished it. There, upon the cross, not only was our Lord thinking of those who didn't know what they were doing, and Father, forgive them. Not only was he thinking of the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. Not only was he thinking of his mom and John. Not only was he thinking of those, but he was thinking of us. The gospel, the glorious gospel. There is Christ's recounting Thoughts there is it's recorded in Psalm 22. Oh, there's just such a great view of his father and such a passion for the display of Christ, of his glory, and the proclamation of the gospel. I praise the Lord for that gospel, for that good news. It is that which has been declared to you and to me who were that next generation who were not yet born. And we, over 2,000 years later, we praise him, we praise him for what he accomplished for us on that cross. Amen? Let's do that now. We'll pray and come before the Lord in song. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for... Just what it is that you tell us as far as some of your thoughts from the cross. It wasn't like my thoughts as far as 
can you not make it hurt very much? It was thoughts of forgiveness, of hope, of care, of the gospel going forth to all of the nations and of those who are yet to be born that would be the recipients of your righteousness being declared. We're so thankful. We are so thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ and him crucified. May our hope be set fast in you. I pray, Lord, that there, there may be someone who sits in this congregation that read Psalm 22 and your Holy Spirit worked in their hearts to where they were just blown away of the detail that was given that mirrors exactly what took place when you went to the cross. And I pray, Lord, that you would use that so that today would be the day of salvation for them where they put all of their hope in you, Christ, and the forgiveness of sins that comes from you. For us as Christians here this morning, Lord, I pray that we find ourselves just falling more deeply in love with the heart of our God. The heart of our God, even as he as you, Lord, were hanging upon a cross. And may it just pour forth in loving adoration, reverent awe, and joyful praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.